Antiphon, The Kindling, by J.E.B. Mungall. Chapter 3, Roughspun, Awen. Awen scratched his neck. The itchy roughspun habit was still aggravating his skin. He supposed it would eventually stop bothering him as he toughened to his new clerical robes. He lay prostrate on the stone floor of his dormitory, hoping the new ritual wasn't bothering his roommate and trying to think of something else to pray for when he drifted to sleep. Stiffness and sticky drool waited for Awen as he woke. Bjorn nudged him with his foot. The king loves prayer, but he never asked you to sleep on the floor for him. Oh, I, I suppose he, Awen stretched, didn't. He sat up, and it felt like most everything ached just a wee bit. I'll get better at it though he wasn't quite sure how yet. Aye, aye, so are you ready to ride this morning? Master Artea has me teaching our little cohort to tilt at the Balish Quintain. Bjorn smiled broadly as Alwyn groaned. It'll be fun, besides, whether you take holy vows or not, riding is a skill you really should have, and you need the practice. He patted his sulking friend on the cheek and laughed. Still early that morning, Awen walked out to the field in his new sandals, the footwear of a monk. His toes were getting wet with dew, and the chill was less than pleasant. But he knew this was part of the point, casting off worldly comforts like shoes. He saw he wasn't last to arrive, at least. One thing that wasn't going wrong this morning, he thought. Alfric wasn't here yet. Typical. Fiona and Bjorn were each waiting with a horse, Bjorn with his big Jormundi Destrier, Destria, and Fiona with a sleek Rouncy, which looked quite small next to Bjorn's steed. Oi, Awen, good morning to you. Fiona's loud and thick Lanrean accent was such a contrast to her petite build. Her laugh only made that more pronounced. Covering her gaping mouth with one hand and pointing at Awen's feet with the other, she said, you can't possibly be serious with those. You can't ride in sandals. Awen felt a bit of heat rise to his cheeks. Fiona, I am a novitiate, and this is what I wear now. Oi, I know all that, but this ain't traipsing through the winding roads, healing the sick, tending the wounded. It's riding. Bjorn casually piped in. Clerics are permitted to wear boots to ride. You know that. Awen didn't actually know that. No one had told him. And how did Bjorn know that? But rather than look a fool and admit his own ignorance, he shrugged. I could wear them, but I need to learn how to wear these without complaint. His feelings were a little hurt, but he knew that his friends hadn't made this decision, and they were still getting used to the changes, too. So, where's Alfric? asked Fiona. Late, said Bjorn. Well, nar. Is he still doing his night thing? asked Alwyn. Which one, the gambling thing or the fighting thing, asked Bjorn. Either. Then, yes. I thought Brother Cowan got him to stop the gambling thing, said Alwyn. Well, mostly. I think he mainly just gambles on himself to win his fights. Fiona rolled her eyes. Oi, fairly safe bet, yeah? Bjorn nodded. As long as he keeps it to fists anyway, what about Master Artea? I told you, he tasked me with teaching today. Oh, yeah. 
Fiona patted the Rouncey's muzzle. Well, we waiting for our noble scion? Did he even come in last night? Not sure. Did you see him creep in during your prayers? No. Fiona raised an eyebrow. Prayers? He stays up late praying now. That's kind of obnoxious to do when people are asleep. It's silent, meditative. Oh, 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 yeah, I see. That makes more sense. As the trio continued to talk about Alwyn's new nighttime routines, they saw the fire-red hair of their fourth cohort member bobbing down the hill from the academy wall to the tilting field. His gait had a deep swagger, and his face sported a nasty black eye. As he approached, Alwyn caught the stench of sour ale on his breath. Sorry to be late. Had to detour through the orchard. And why's that, my lord? said Fiona in a mock scold. Alfred gave a sidelong glance at Alwyn. Stayed out late? Bjorn ran his hands roughly through his hair. Look, we only have till brethren's till we have the tournament in Dorset. Can we all ride now? There's only two horses. Bjorn threw up his hands. Not all at the... Just shut up, Alfric. You're riding first. Here. Bjorn handed Alfric the reins to his great horse. Take Straya and just walk her down the route you want to take to the Quintain, and then we'll have a go at speed. Then we will throw in the lance. Owen narrowed his green eyes intently as Alfric took the horse through the route, minding for any burrows or holes. Under his long baggy sleeves, he subtly mimicked the young noble's actions with the reins, noting how he encouraged the beast with his heels. Alfred had been riding since he could probably remember. That came part and parcel of being of any noble house, a class to which Owen decidedly did not belong. He pursed his lips, wondering why he and Fiona had to train with the lance when they'd never be allowed to use it in a tournament. Not that he even wanted to. Master Artea had said something about it being important to understanding the Hastalut better, but Awen wasn't sure there was that much wisdom in that. But Bjorn was right. Writing was, still, a useful skill. After Alfric had made his two soft, unarmed runs, Bjorn handed him a blunt lance. Really just a long pole with a small weighted bag on the tip. Now run it again slowly with, started Bjorn, but Alfric shot off on Straya at a gallop. He couched the lance, bringing it down at the Quintain's round target mounted at one end of a crosspiece, and struck it near the edge. As the lance connected, the sandbag attached to the arm opposite the target swung around and walloped Alfric on the back of the neck. He lurched forward on the destrier's mane, dropping the lance, and Owen thought he saw him go limp, but Alfric remained seated. Bjorn sighed tensely while Fiona crossed her arms with a smirk. It seemed a long time, but Alwyn knew it was only a moment until Alfred sat up again on the mount, hand on his neck, and brought Straya back to the group at a slow walk. That looked like it hurt something wicked, yeah? said Fiona. Alfred chuckled and grinned. I've taken worse. Yeah, well, if you'd just listened before running off. Yes, yes, I know. I'll give you gray hairs or some such. I've tilted at a Balish Quintain before. Alwyn shrugged. Didn't look like it to me. Alfred hung his head inside, still smiling. 
The brother is giving me pointers on tilting now. Owen just shrugged again. He knew he couldn't ride half as well as Alfric, but he also couldn't help taking a friendly jab. That was how they were, or used to be. Owen was glad for the retort, but being only half sure Alfric was being playful, he didn't continue. He ain't wrong, Al. You look drunk still. I'm not drunk. I'm hungover. I'm tired. Might even wish I was drunk, but I'm definitely not. I said, look drunk. Fiona and Alfric continued into bickering, and Bjorn sighed again, clearly exasperated. Awen knew he'd been looking forward to teaching this lesson. He wanted to help get things back on track. Okay, okay, Alfric, I'm sorry. I'll go next, and I'm sure you can make fun of my run. Alfric dismounted Straya and tried handing the reins over to Awen. Ah, no, sorry, but Straya's a bit much horse for you, Awen. Take the round seat through the same course at a walk, at a run, then with the lance, walk and tilt. Awen flushed a little at being turned away from Straya, though he knew full well Bjorn was right. After the moment passed, he was relieved to not have to manage the larger beast. As Awen walked the course to the Quintain and back, Bjorn walked ahead and lowered it from the pivot point to accommodate the shorter horse. The round sea proved a little skittish. Awen's path to and from the Quintain was jagged at best, unlike Straya's direct and steady pace as she'd carried Alfric. But whether the differences were due to the differences in quality of beasts, Riders, or a combination, Awen wasn't sure. But he was unhappy about it, tried to focus in on the things he knew he needed to do. It felt so awkward being up off the ground like this. He couldn't anticipate the movement of the horse underneath him, constantly feeling like he was going to slide off the saddle. He gripped more tightly with his thighs, and his knuckles were white on the reins. Awen remembered back to his childhood on the farm seeing a boy thrown from a horse. The boy had fallen on his head and broken his neck, and died there in the field. Owen kept seeing the boy's crooked neck and lifeless, terrified eyes. Well done, now a little faster, take it at more of a trot, hold off on the canter. Owen nodded, unsure how exactly to hold off on the canter. He kicked his sandaled heels into the horse, and the horse trotted forward but he didn't keep her steady. His heels bounced around and the reins, while tight in his hands, weren't steadying her course. Bjorn was shouting instructions and Fiona encouragement. Alfric just stood smirking. The young Rouncey stopped in the tall grass and began grazing. It was when he heard Fiona stifle a cackle that Owen, both annoyed and embarrassed, considered he'd been given a troublesome horse. But as he patted the Rouncey on the neck, they both saw a snake slither, and as she spooked, leaping to the side, Awen slipped off her back, with his sandal caught in the stirrup. She bolted through the grass and into the woods, dragging Awen behind her. Unable to loose his foot, Awen took hoof and ground to body and head. He felt the horse jump again, tearing his sandal free from his foot and his foot from the stirrup. He felt like he was floating for a moment though he was firmly kissing the dirt. The moment was fleeting. As he struggled to inhale, every part of him seemed to ache. He opened his eyes and couldn't bring them to full focus. 
but the nose still worked, and Awen smelled the unmistakable reek of rotting meat close by. And as that registered, he heard the soft padding and stamping in the leaves, too soft for the horse. He rolled over onto his side. He still couldn't quite focus, but the growls and yips gave them away. Curran. He could tell the wild dogs were beginning to circle him, and the danger he knew he was in helped him regain some of his strength and focus. He found a short, thick stick by him and took it as he stood. The pain was intense, but nothing he couldn't handle. He saw now that the smell was a body, or the bottom half of one, and that the current had been eating it. He was taking their kill. Danger or not, Owen didn't want the beast to continue desecrating this corpse. He swung at one of the three Kern with the stick, backed away as the others closed some distance. Owen changed targets, recentering himself to the dead body, defending it. He continued like this only a short time, but exhausting himself nevertheless until one of the Kern managed to slip behind him and leap on his back, tearing into his habit, exposing his heavily scarred back. He cracked the stick on the back of the current, but the other two were on him already. He collapsed under the assault, but then the heavy hoof falls he felt underneath him carried one away with a shrieking whine, and the others fled. Bjorn had broken the practice lance on the Kura. It weakly limped off to go find its companions. Bjorn dismounted and caught Awen and set him gently on the ground. Alfric and Fiona, too, came running into the clearing. Bjorn checked Alwyn over for wounds. What happened? Oh, they got you. Damn it! Alwyn craned over his shoulder with gritted teeth, seeing the bloody wound on the back of his shoulder. The skin appeared to have been torn away. It'll be another scar. Fiona now, too, was kneeling by Alwyn. Let's go clean it. Animal bites can be bad, bad. Brother Erskine's got herbs to keep wounds from growing dark. Owen smiled. He knew he'd be fine. Fiona didn't know what he could do yet. But now was as good a time as any. Owen took a deep breath and put his hand on the loose flap of torn skin, spreading it flat back over the wound. He hummed to himself one of his favorite hymns which was in part concentration, but also in part so he could cover the soft humming sound that was coming from his hand. Bjorn sat back and watched what Awen knew he'd seen before on at least one occasion. But Fiona stood up abruptly, mouth agape. You mean aimless burning? How come no one ever told me? Awen follows the rules, said Alfric with his arms crossed. Didn't you know about it? said Fiona, turning to the fiery-haired young man. Alfred shrugged. Yeah, well, I've seen him bathe in shit. He's got a lot of scars. I asked questions. Fee, just hush a moment and I'll let him concentrate, said Bjorn as he began inspecting Alwyn for other wounds. He turned back to Alwyn. Yeah, have a bad bruise on your ribs here. Alwyn flinched as Bjorn touched the spot. I... Uh, maybe broken. Alwyn stopped humming and removed his hand from the wound. He wiped away the blood with his sleeve, revealing a red and raw scar.
an ugly but closed wound for all purposes, healed, but still quite tender to the touch. Owen placed both his hands on his side and began humming a different hymn. He got halfway through the first verse before he faltered. I can't. Guys, I'm spent. Has anyone checked out the body? Body? The legs over there, you don't smell it, said Owen gesturing. Alfred and Fiona walked over to where the current had been eating. Yeah, but who? said Fiona. They must have dug him up. Looks like the rest of him is just buried, said Alfred. Bjorn helped Owen up to go inspect as well. The exposed legs were wearing sandals and the calves and thighs had been severely mangled, but had been wearing loose trousers of rough spun. We don't bury people like this, said Alan. What, with their legs out and all? No, he means upside down, said Alfred. Or in the woods, not even a graveyard. Everyone ought to be buried in a hallowed graveyard, said Bjorn. All of it's wrong, started Alan. The legs don't look like they were ever buried. The current didn't dig them up. We never bury anyone upside down either. At least we don't in the Maradian kingdoms. Well, the Bathiri don't. We allow for graves outside of graveyards, though, but it's not common where there are graveyards to be buried in. And there are at least three around here. Also, we don't bury people in their pants. They get a burial shroud. All nodded their heads in deference to Alwyn's understanding of religious practice, as it slowly dawned on them what the implications of that might mean. Murder, muttered Alwyn's three friends in unison. Wait, what? Fiona rolled her eyes. He's been murdered, obviously. Alwyn had been so focused on the ritual of things, he was quite taken aback at their unanimous declaration. Wait, wait, wait. Alfred shrugged. Bjorn nodded. Owen glanced down at his suntanned toes. Then we must inform the brothers. Bjorn, can you ride back and get Brother Jorland? With an eye, Bjorn mounted Straya and was off. Fiona, scout around to see if we're missing anything. Right, yeah. Alfred put up a hand to Owen. Let's you and I look more closely at the body and then get your bossy ass to bed. Owen nodded weakly. He was happy to see Alfred treating him a little more like normal. He'd been distant of late, like becoming a monk had been a personal insult. Alfred knelt where the torso was presumably buried. Packed pretty tight, he didn't just fall into some mud. Yes, I agree he was buried, but why with his legs out? Wouldn't the point be to hide the body? Alfred shrugged. Got spooked and maybe couldn't finish? Made too shallow of a hole and went with it? I don't know. What are you thinking? Maybe you are right and this is murder. But there is something strange about this burial, if it is that at all. I need to go to the library and see what I can dig up on burial practices of people other than our own. Oi! Boys, take a gander at this! Fiona had made her way back to the two, holding a ring of keys. These. Now tell me whose these are. Slow recognition crept up Alwyn and Alfred's faces. Alwyn knew exactly to whom those keys belonged. 
He glanced at the mangled legs and back to the keys. Old Etrick, they muttered together.